Thank you, Ross. Good morning, everybody. Oh, that was special. Good morning, everybody. There we go. I need some energy. I need some feedback. Um, so if you don't know who I am and if you're watching online, welcome. My name is Sia, and I have the great privilege of working here. Um, so I have a lot more time in this service than the last one. Uh, I had 15 minutes to preach in the last service, so I had to make, I had to make quickly. And you know us folks, we preach for long. Um, but I'm going to be continuing on our series called Neighbor is a Verb. And the idea and the premise behind it is that uh, being a neighbor is more than just something that we say, it's something that we, we do. So being a neighbor means that you're going to go out to someone. So for the past couple of weeks, Ross and Paul have unpacked what the fullness of what the gospel is. So Ross last week spoke about the four laws that we all know, um, oh, not all know, sorry to assume that, that most of us might know that um, we are, God loves us, we are separated and bad people, um, Jesus died for our sins, and if you confess with your heart and be, confess with your mother and believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. And that part isn't wrong. But the part that Ross spoke about, which is the crux of his message, is that the gospel is a, is a powerful life-transforming truth that changes your soul. So the gospel you live in is the gospel you live out. So the, when you allow the gospel to work within you, it'll display itself externally. So I want to build on that a little bit today. And really, the idea of today's preach is that the gospel goes out and gets and reaches your neighbor through your salvation story. Now to unpack that a little bit more. So if what Ross, is, what Ross spoke about last week is to be taken as absolute truth, which we can, that our journey with the gospel, that it transforms our soul, then that means that both you and I are a work in progress, which means that we are still being saved even though we were saved. So we encountered the gospel at a certain point in our lives, and that was a beautiful moment, and you can tell anyone and everyone and that generally happens when you get saved. You want to tell the whole world that you've encountered Jesus. But then what happens from that point on is that we begin to try. We begin to effort our way into being good Christians. But what Ross is saying is that the gospel is meant to transform our souls, which means the gospel works within us to make us a whole lot more like Jesus, which means that along the way, you and I realize that we are a work in progress, still being saved, which means that you and I will always have good news to share because the gospel is always working within us. Because you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives being transformed to look like Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've been in the gym um, ever, <laughs> um, but, but the, this idea of being a work in progress, you hear that almost... Every single year, because we all have what is known as New Year's resolutions. Oh my gosh, I'm going to work out this year. Um, <laughs> and people jump into the gym, and a month in, you're like, I'm, a, I'm just a work in progress, guys. Um, and that is not true, that we are a work in progress when you're in the gym. So for myself, uh, about, about a year ago, like around this time, 
Because um, you know there's this thing where you, you think you look better than you actually, than you actually are. <laughs> so in your mind, you know, you, you stacked, um, but your body looks like melted ice cream. Um, for, for me. <laughs> um, so then I was like, let me just, let me just see how much I work. Because someone, someone I was with at the time had a digital scale, you know, they can show you all the figures. So I'm like, let me just, let me just see. Surely, yeah, it can't be too bad. Jumped on the scale. Triple figures, people. Yo, my gosh. Um, so I was like, this, this is not who I am. This is not the person God has called me to be. Um, so at that present moment, I decided, nope, this, this cannot happen. Um, started working out immediately. Uh, and I've been on, the same, on that same journey, fixed my diet a lot, um, by force, actually. Um, Fixed my diet, worked out a lot, and I can stand before you as like, I'm still, I've, I can happily report I'm 85 kgs today. <laughs> a lot of work has been done, but I'm not yet there. I'm still a work in progress. Because there's, there's, there's a goal that I have in mind that is for myself, because I've never been ever in my life, triple figures, or even like in the 80s. I've always been like a high 70s. So I've let myself go, so I was like, this is not what I want for myself. And I made a decision, and I have a goal that I'm working towards. That means that I'm a work in progress. I can celebrate the wins, and I've been saved from this, and I've cut out that, and that's cool. But if you think about it, that is very much like our faith journey, in that we start off at a certain point where we make a decision to follow Jesus. The gospel impacts us and reaches us and got to you at some point, and it has begun the work of transforming your soul. And you walk a bit of a journey and you look back after a year and a half, you're like, oh my gosh, when did I stop doing that thing? Because the gospel had begun to transform your soul. But you can't even really picture when it got to a point of causing you to not do a specific thing. Oh, I used to be such a terrible liar. But now whenever you try, the Spirit convicts you. You and I are a, are a work in progress. Now, for the longest time, that's been a negative thing. Oh, my gosh, you didn't have your life together. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? Get it right first, and then you can tell me how to do it. Well, this morning, I'm here to debunk that. The fact that you and I are a work in progress is the best news ever. And here's why. Because we will always have good news to share about what God has saved us from in this moment. Because here's a f uh, uh, quick fire, free truth I'm going to give to you this morning. God saved you with somebody else in mind. And the thing about that is that we don't go out telling people, oh my gosh, I am so good. That's not the message that we came to share. That's not the message that we come to bring. But the message that we carry is, oh my gosh, I am a broken person on a journey. But can I tell you about a gospel that transforms souls? Because if you look around the world right now, anxiety is at an all-time high. Depression at an all-time high. People's walls have gotten a whole lot higher. People's circles have gotten a whole lot smaller. People have just pushed people away and made everything just about themselves, just so I can get by. Those are all symptoms of a deeper soul situational emergency that we all need Jesus. 
The world right now needs Jesus. You and I carry the message that the world needs, the person that the world needs. So we don't go out saying, look at how good I am, how much I have it all together. No, no, no. Look at the goodness of the gospel that is transforming my soul. And I genuinely believe it can transform yours as well. It is about Jesus. You and I are just a vessel. Hebrews 10 verse 14 states this so well. And it says this, For by one sacrifice he has made, a, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Other versions say those who are being sanctified, which means that there are parts within our character, our personality that are being refined and cut off so that you and I can look a whole lot more like Jesus. Man, we can celebrate that we are a work in progress. This is good news. We can celebrate that we will have stories to tell. There's a person, I almost said a character like it's not real. There's a person in the Bible, and his name is Paul. Now, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He commissioned their execution. He was opposed to the church, and then he had a, an encounter with the gospel, an encounter with Jesus, blinded for three days, and from that point on, he began to preach the good news. Do you know what people said the first time he shared the good news of Jesus? They said, wasn't he that guy that that opposed this message? And yeah, he was. But the gospel transformed his soul. When we begin to share the stuff that God has done in our lives, when you start to say, oh, you know, I used to. People around you, weren't you struggling with addiction not too long ago? Yeah, I was. But the gospel transformed my soul. That same person writes this in Timothy, which is just so beautiful and so encouraging. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. It's almost like he's realizing, oh my gosh, I am a work in progress. I am still a work in progress. Years after having, sharing, having been sharing this message, he still realizes that he is still a work in progress. And here's why this is good news. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who might believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul is saying that if Jesus can be patient with me, because I am the worst of all sinners, then I believe that he can be patient with you. For if I am the worst of all sinners, you're surely better than me. You won't have that much of a journey to go. You and I are a work in progress. But that is beautiful because it gives us stories to tell about the goodness of a soul-transforming gospel. Chad, when Ross begins to share this soul-transforming gospel and the work is done in his life to his neighbor, Danielle shares it with her neighbor, Donnie shares it with his neighbor, guess what? There goes the neighborhood in a good way. 
There goes the neighborhood. I'm going to share a little bit of a story, and then I'm going to give us two points to contemplate and go consider, and then we're out of here. We're good? You guys still with me? And those online, hit a thumbs up there if you're still watching. <laughs> but um, this, this will actually really make my point in that I'm standing here today not as a perfect person. Because so many people that I speak to are like, oh my gosh, you guys preach, you guys look like you have your life all together. You guys walk in water during the week. Surely we are not there. Um, we don't. Uh, we are normal people like, like you. Um, but I've still got some stuff that God has to still save me from. And I'll share a little bit of that now. So when uh, about... Like, this time last year, like, I was really, I was trying to be intentional with spending time with my sister and my nieces. So I'd, like, really make an effort, hey, I'm going to come over this weekend or I'm going to come see them. I want to swing by. And 99% of the time, my mom would be like, don't go. It's not a good time. Um, so she was married. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. Um, she was married. And so now I would be like, so my sister was, like, a very headstrong, stubborn, like, just slow to do things, you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I was thinking, oh, geez, like, her being her, I'm sure it's causing problems in their marriage now. Um, but I never really asked her, because I was like, hey, I'm sure it'll get better. Um, and then, just still, say, every time I wanted to go visit, my mom would say, hey, not a good time. It's not a good time. And then, uh, about November last year, we were all went home for my birthday and celebrated and it was cool. And then on the drive back, I was like, I was like, I'm really wanting to come hang out with you and my nieces, but my mom keeps telling me no. Like, what's, what's going on? Now she implored some wisdom in that moment and told me a little bit, but didn't just like have a rant or venting session about her husband. Um, now it didn't even, it didn't like blend into like abuse or whatever, but for the most part, he wasn't taking care of her well. He wasn't doing a good job. Now, coming from a very high responsibility and as the older brother, I was ready to, like, just put my hands on him because um, he had a responsibility. Like, she's leaving our house to come into yours. There's a job that you're meant to do. And um, I was like, now at that point, I was like, oof. I wanted to say, I'd, okay, no, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> so then, a month or so later, or three or so weeks later, she passed away. And uh, I was, around all of that time, I was just, the thought that came into my head, the, the last three years of my sister's life were spent in an unhappy marriage. All because he wouldn't take care of her in the way that he was supposed to. And I was upset, and I, I can tell you right now, I have not been able to forgive him. I've never seen him ever since then. I don't know what I'll do when I do see him. But that is something that the gospel still needs to work in my heart to change and transform. Like, just to forgive him. My mom is a, is a heroine. She's also felt the same emotions, but in a moment says, but I forgive you. 
I'm not there yet. Because I have like a deep sense of like, you had a job to do. That is still something that the gospel still needs to transform within me. I'm sure that you can sit there and think that there was something that the gospel still needs to work in you and transform. But those things are not meant to be disqualifiers. So the first point, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) The first point that I want to unpack is linked to that. And that Jesus qualifies us for the work that he has called us to do, not our behavior. So if we look at that portion of scripture that we, that we read, Jesus says to his disciples, um, have I read it? No. Matthew chapter 5, <laughs> chapter 10, verse 5. And this is the crux of the message. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by um, tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you can start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the equipment. Now say it like you mean it. (laughs) The first one is always like, that's an instruction. Um, You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. Travel light. Now this is chapter 10. Six chapters prior, he said to these nobodies, suppose that society is least of these. He says to come, follow me. Now he's saying, go and tell people that the kingdom is here. Cast out demons, heal the sick. You can imagine they think, me? We just started this journey together. I know nothing. Oh my gosh, I'm still so this. I'm still so A. I'm still so B. I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough. That's okay. You're not going to tell them about your goodness. You're going to tell them that the kingdom is here. So you're going to speak and tell them about me. He commissions them based on his work and not theirs. He says, go. You don't have it all together. That's okay. I hold it all together. Just go. Tell them that the kingdom is here. We don't qualify ourselves to take this message to our neighbor and impact our neighborhood because of how good we are. But because of how good the gospel has been to us and is to us. It's a message about Jesus that begins to heal our land. That even though we don't have it all figured out, we don't have all the answers, it might get into a debate that boxes you into a corner. It's fine. Jesus is still the answer. And if you think about it, it's almost like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it works in their favor. Because if you go to a person 
who is just as broken as you and I. And you say, you know, I, I don't have it figured out. I don't know much. I just know Jesus. It's far more believable. If someone comes to you and says, I'm perfect, run in the other direction. <laughs> but when you and I can relate in the simple fact that we are a work in progress and we both need Jesus, that's an encouraging message. Yeah. That's some good news. Because it's not about you and I. It's about Jesus. He's the one that qualifies you and I for the work that he's called us to do. He's the one that commissions us to go heal the sick, bring hope to the hopeless, bring sight to the blind, lift up the head of the discouraged. Because we have what the world needs right now, and that's Jesus. All you need to do is just go to your neighbor and say, can I tell you a story of how the gospel has transformed my life? And if I'm the worst of sinners... I genuinely believe that the gospel can transform yours too. If Jesus was patient with me and is patient with me as I figure this whole thing out, he will be patient with you. This is good news because it has nothing to do with our goodness but in the goodness of the gospel. So we don't disqualify ourselves. And I can stand here and say, I have not yet figured out this forgiveness thing. But I'm not going to disqualify myself from being able to share a message on the goodness of Jesus. Because I know that that thing will be healed eventually. I am battling a war with my arthritis. But I'm not going to disqualify myself and say that, oh, I can't stand here and tell them about Jesus because I don't have it all figured out. That's fine. I will be healed from that one day. But Jesus is still good. And he still transforms souls. So don't disqualify yourself from the work of going to your neighbor and saying, can I tell you a story? Point number two. Point number two. Okay. Danielle. Uh, I want to give you this, and there's, there's only one rule. You can do whatever you want with it. You can hold on to it. You can give it to the person next to you. You can give it to the person behind you. you can, whatever you decide. It's up to you. Okay. That's fine. You can, you can sit down. Oh. So you can sit. You can keep it. You can pass it on. You can whatever feels comfortable for you to do, you can do that. And also, the sanitizer outside because... <laughs> In case people are worried. Okay, so point number two. People's reception of the gospel can either happen in a moment or seven miles. Keep sharing. Here's what I mean. Are you feeling pressure now? I don't know if I should share it. <laughs> that is up to you to decide. I'm going to keep sharing. <laughs> um, so here's what I mean by that. So in 2015, I went to Zambia on a mission trip. Never been out the country. I was like, hey, this is going to be nice. Um, I'm going to have me a good time. And like, I'm just going to be on the back. Just watch how things happen. And then like, obviously, as you get to the spirit, it just convicts you. And you're there in the front speaking to people. Um, but I watched. So if you don't know what was in Zambia, it's probably one of the most demonically oppressed places I've ever been to in my life. Like I've heard of stuff about 
like uh, Thailand and stuff like that, but I've never been there, but Zambia. So people would go to witch doctors to have demons put within them so they can fight a specific battle or overcome a specific circumstance. So you can imagine the climate and the culture in that area is just absolutely terrible. Like the average life expectancy is 29. Children aren't named until after their fifth birthday because they three out of five children died before they are five years old. Things are terrible in, that, in, in Western Zambia. And I'm sure in many different places around the world. So now when we come to them and say to them, uh, there is a different way that you can live your life. Here's the good news of Jesus. He does, he can do this and this and this. He transforms you, he blesses you, he A, B, C, D, F, and G. We, you tell us, and they just cannot believe that there's a different way to live because that is all that they've known. And you watch them as they go into their huts. They grab their little thing that they're given by the witch doctor and they put it in the fire and burn it. I'm living under that life no more as they receive Christ into their lives. Now, those villages aren't just like left on their own. There are missionaries that stay in Western Zambia that still go to those villages and give them a Bible in their own language and go there regularly. So you can imagine that that moment in their life, they receive the gospel just like that. For some people that you might meet, you might just say to them, hey, this, this, this. Oh, they might be battling through a difficult circumstance and you just feel that God word and you say this thing and it speaks exactly where they are and they're ready to receive the gospel in that moment. Those happen. But especially for us young people, it normally takes seven miles. Figuratively, like seven miles, not like literally seven miles. Um, so there's a story in the, in the book of Luke about two disciples, Cleopas and another one, on their way to Emmaus, which is seven miles away from Jerusalem. So on their way, they're walking, and Peter's talking about the events that have happened. Jesus has risen from the dead, and they've reported that his body is gone. So now they're discussing that back and forth, and he appears next to them, but he was hidden from them. And he just asks them, what's wrong? And he begins to walk with them to Emmaus. He walks, he and like, tries to unpack how they're feeling, and they're like, are you living under a rock? Here's this thing that has happened. Um, now you can imagine saying this to Jesus, which is just hilarious. Uh, but he's like, oh, the scripture says this and says this and, and says that. And they're like, okay, they feel like a gentle rebuke and they're fine. And then they get to Emmaus, they pretend to walk. I mean, Jesus pretends to walk on. And then they're like, no, 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 come inside for some dinner. Come inside, they break bread. They immediately recognize who he is and he disappears. There are people in our lives that... We'll be able to share the goodness of what the gospel has done in our lives, but for the most part, it will take them seven miles to realize it was Jesus all along. Whereas some, it's a moment, but for most, it takes seven miles. Just be around and share what the gospel has done in your life because you are still being saved even today. So now imagine, this is me and I having shared the gospel with Danielle. And you take it back to that um, thing I shared in the beginning, that Jesus saved you with somebody else in mind. God was looking at that person back there. And I shared the gospel with Danielle. She can decide what she wants to do with the gospel. She can keep it for herself, and it will transform her life forever. Beautiful. But you know, if Danielle had chosen to pass it on, 
<laughs> Thankfully, we all know that you're not a bad person. You just made a bad decision. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. It's, I'm just kidding. But what you're doing actually makes my point more powerful, so don't look down on yourself. Um, so now, if she had passed it on, so imagine she shares the gospel with the entire second row, her story with the entire second row, and one person grasps it and passes it on to their neighbor. And again, to Michelle, and Michelle grasps it, and she passes it on to Grace. Grace grasps it as well, and he passes it on. Eventually, the person that God wanted to reach will be reached, all because I just chose to share the gospel with Danielle. And that's not even like, oh my gosh, let me preach to you. No, no, no. Let me tell you what the gospel has done in my life. Because no one can debate to you about what God has done in your life and say that you're wrong. Theology, I get. That's anyone's game. You'll be stuck in a debate. But when you speak about your own life, no one can argue with you. So this is me sharing the gospel with Danielle. And then, now you're going to look good. Boom, pass it on. Look at that. <laughs> so then it goes, it travels here and there, pink, 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 and then it lands up at the back. It, it doesn't have to go to the back. It's, it'll take forever. Thank you. You can just leave it right where you are or pass it on. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's point number two, is that people's reception of the gospel can take a moment or seven miles. Keep sharing. Because it is not our job to save people. It's Jesus' job to save people. That's what he died for. But I think it is our responsibility to go and not even have theological debunking debates. No, just share your salvation story because it is beautiful. And you can imagine it's only going to get better from here. This church is good news. When each of us just take up the mandate of just telling our neighbor, what the gospel has done in our lives, well then guess what? There goes the neighborhood. Can I pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you made a way, that you are the way that we could experience you and encounter you, and that changed our lives forever. That as we begin to take each faith step every single day of discovering what it means to become like Jesus, that you would begin to reveal within us the stuff that we still need to get saved from, the stuff that we've been saved from, that you might share the goodness of the gospel and its work in our lives. I want you to begin to put people in our hearts that we can go share the gospel with this week. And you're sharing our story of what you're doing in our lives. We are so grateful that we are a work in progress, figuring this thing out with you. Help us not feel like we're less than, but be encouraged on the journey for um, the glory that will be revealed within us. Won't you have your way? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. There's tea and coffee outside. Please don't rush off. We'd love to connect with you.